Hi guys, this is Black Chicklet. I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And we're famous. Yeah. <laughs> we... <laughs> Your girls are finally getting the dis- <laughs> the respect they deserve. Which is from BuzzFeed, which is about appropriate. Um, <laughs> getting We were highlighted on a BuzzFeed listicle, which is the dream, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? There's some big there are some big names on this list. Like LeVar Burden is on here. He taught me how to read, so <laughs> he's what shaped me into the person I am today. Right? Like I remember like as a kid watching that show because we went to the library frequently and I would be like, mm, okay, let me like write down his recommendations when I go to the li I remember doing that or seeing his little seal on there and being like LaVar says this is a good read, so I guess I'll check it out. You sound like a much better reader than I am at age five <laughs> than I am at age 30. I'm always like, there was some cover and there was a bird on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we got included on this list. It's 31 podcasts mm-hmm. for every type of book lover. Woo. I was like, woo woo. So they, they said, said we that. drank too much. They did. But you know what? I'm going to drink into the mic. <laughs> I did too. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's you know that's that's our thing. Yeah, I mean, we're out of the closet now. You know, we don't have any. I assume. Are you drinking wine in the closet again, Daniel? I mean, I always record in the closet because the acoustics are really good. But okay, so <laughs> but I drink in the open all the time. Yeah, and and you got cookie cake today. I do. I went to Schnucks and treated myself to some cookie cake to celebrate our belated birthday. And I guess just because I like cookie cake, so. Cookie cake is so good. It's superior to regular cake, in my opinion, because it's giant cookie. What's the hate? It's so good. It's really good. So we wanted to share that with y'all. Molly, like, tweeted it. Molly found it. Do you have an alert? How did you get it yeah. so quickly? No, no. I was um, looking. So Apple has that news feature or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you can, like, it's kind of like an RSS feed. And so you like subscribe to topics that you're interested in. And I think I'd subscribe to books. And so I saw it come up and it was like, uh, you know, so many book podcasts that you like. And so I opened it intending to be extremely bougie, like, oh, you know, (laughs) they don't have the best one on here. And I'm scrolling through it like, (laughs) and then like, bam, right there, right near the top. There we are. And I was like, well, fuck. We're number seven. Oh, yeah, sorry. We are number seven. Now, this list is going in alphabetical order. I oh, is out. it? Oh, it, is. it sure is. Wait, no, it's not. Yeah, Book I was going to say, the first one is oh. Get Booked. Okay, yeah, so we are number seven on this list. So I was bougie for like three seconds. And then I tweeted it out to everyone. My mother-in-law listened to the last podcast. And I was very happy it was one that I, you know, was choosing not to swear as frequently. <laughs> I mean, we have the E, we have the E in our podcast, and it's mostly, mm-hmm. you helped us earn that E. I think you should be proud. Yes, I am proud. My mom came to me, like, when she, she and my grandma listened to it, and she, like, pulled me aside. She was like, who taught you how to swear so goddamn much? I was like, <laughs> mom, calm down. I was like, calm your ass down. <laughs> I So... <laughs> But yeah, we're going to, we tweeted out the link, but we'll probably tweet it out again because us. 
So you should check mm-hmm. it out. There's some good podcasts on this list. They've got the there worst are. bestsellers, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of these I haven't heard of. So this is good. I've got some new listeners. Yeah. Books and Boba. That's cute. I know. They don't have heaving bosoms, which is another one I enjoy. That one's good. Mm. The Poetry Gods looks intense. I actually kind of want to check that one out because I just feel like poets are like <laughs> classier at just everything. Because <laughs> you're a poet. <laughs> so... But yeah, we got um, we jumped right into the news this week. We didn't even check in with each other, but uh, we wanted to sh- we wanted to share that. Yeah, that's true. How are you, Danielle? I'm good. Um, I literally texted Molly like, "Are we gonna record?" And then I promptly fell asleep. And then she was like, "Are we doing this or not?" <laughs> I know. I was like, I know that I like contacted you a lot, but I was low key getting a little bit nervous. <laughs> Because I was like texting you and on Twitter and on Hangouts, I was like, "Hey, Danielle, um, so you, you stopped okay? responding, and we were supposed to record like 25 minutes ago, and I know you were just, I, you know, I'm just checking it. It's okay. I just want to make sure you're all right. I like wake up because the phone just keeps vibrating, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I." I was wiped out. I like got up at like seven this morning because I was in a six hour training to be a literacy tutor for the YMCA. Oh. So this will be exciting. Yeah, this will be exciting. So It'll be exciting. Help the little kitties read. You can also Aww. help adults read, but I feel like let me start with the kitties, <laughs> the kiddos. But yeah, so that was my day. How are you? Good. I didn't do anything as altruistic as that. <laughs> I just kind of sat around. I mean, I have those days, too. It was also, like, I guess the remnants of whatever hurricane or tropical storm was in the Gulf has hit St. Louis. Mm. So it's just oh. been pouring for, like, a day and a half, going oh. on two days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I would have loved... I can't loved... even remember the last time it rained here. The... Go ahead. You would have loved what? I would have loved to just stay home and not do anything. Ah. Uh. <laughs> were, were you about to say you can't even remember the last time it rained? Yeah, here. <laughs> that LA life. Ugh, but it's it's too hot. But then it's like ninety percent humidity and it won't rain. <laughs> My poor little zucchini plant I came home it was like just laying on the ground. It was like, bitch, it's hot. <laughs> it was like, no, <laughs> my zucchini. But y'all got the sun <sighs> and you don't get True. snow. True. But we don't get any rain. Oh yeah, you all are. Are you all still in that terrible drought? Uh, not. I don't think it is as bad because of El Nino from last year. Okay. But um, there's an earthquake. Did I tell you that? No. But you have earthquakes a lot, so I'm not even gonna pretend to be shocked anymore. I think I was at your wedding, and like some of your friends were talking about, "Hey, remember that earthquake that hit last weekend?" And someone was like, "Yeah, it knocked over all my books," and everyone was just really casual. Not me, girl. Me and Gino were like, I, we were literally running back and forth because I thought someone was trying to get in the house and then I thought someone fell into our um, dish cabinet and I was like, that makes no goddamn sense while I get on Twitter, <laughs> a little um, earthquake tracker and see if there was an earthquake and there was. And I was like, see. Is that an app on your phone? Earthquake tracker? Is that a thing? With the no, it's now? just a, it's just a, someone I follow on Twitter. Okay. But that, that, so that's a part of your life now. That's true. Because sometimes you, you're not like 100% sure. It's like, oh, I feel something. Is that an earthquake? And I'll get on there and check. 
Yeah, that was another thing they were talking about. Like, I couldn't tell if it was an earthquake or just like a heavy truck. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this place sounds kind of terrible. So, um, before we get into the books, I do want to hear mm-hmm. Molly's opinions. Her okay. favorite scammer is back in the news. <laughs> Megan Merkel's dog apparently has a book deal. Well, I guess mm-hmm. the dog doesn't have the deal. The dog is going to star in a children's book. And his name is Guy. And according guy dog, ah, guy the dog. Which is it? Guy dog of Cambridge. Like what's his title? <laughs> what's his What's this dog's title? Because I'm sure it has to have. It has to have one. Oh, the title of the book is His Royal Dogness, Guy the Beagle, the remarkable true story of Meghan Merkel's rescue dog. So, but I go. mean, like, would it be a fake story about him? I don't know. I do know she like loves dogs. I think at one point that was one of the things she like had to give up when she married. Um, I thought she had to give up her dogs when she married Harry, but apparently she got to keep. Dude, she didn't get to keep. Okay, so all of her dogs. She only got to keep one. Oh, what happened to the other? <laughs> that's that's the true story. It's more a battle royale. <laughs> that's a very good story. question. Who? How did they decide who got to stay? The other dogs were adopted out into loving homes. But yeah, so I guess she was, I knew she was really into, like, rescue. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so how do you like that, y'all? Meghan Merkel's dog has a book deal and you don't. Out here getting a book deal. <laughs> hey, you don't know me. <laughs> I just love it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any opinions on this. <laughs> <laughs> I just like your Meghan Merkel opinions, and I really wanted to well, hear more okay. of them. <laughs> It, it it does it does ring kind of scammery to me. <laughs> it's like, okay, bitch, you know, we made it now. You better get out here. Start licensing. Get on this book deal. Start licensing. It's like, you didn't beat all those other dogs <laughs> just to sit around <laughs> and get fat. It's like, you want to stay here. You, you got to work. <laughs> um, uh, okay, yeah. I just wanted to discuss. I just like Molly's opinions <laughs> on the Duchess of Cambridge. I mean, or I think she's Sussex. perfectly fine. She seems really sweet, really nice. Um, but yeah, I she just it was it's it's the biggest scam. I can't wait for the movie to come out. It's like she was looking at all those like you know that one racist aunt. Like okay, bitch, but I'm sitting here, and you're sitting over there, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> So, and that's there, just there, that scammer mentality that I appreciate. I like, there has to be a Lifetime movie out already, right? Like, for sure. Uh, there is. Yeah, there is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lifetime's on it. I don't know what's happening over at Lifetime Studios, but they are, except for that really tragic Michael Jackson movie in which they hired um, Ralph, um, I can't remember his last name. He played a Nazi in Schindler's Lich, which you would think you should not be able to do both. He yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Did you grow up watching that Jacksons movie? That Jacksons biopic? The Jacksons one and the Temptations one. Ah, uh, and the MC Hammer one. Did you see the um <laughs> did you see the Bobby Brown one? No. I don't <laughs> Bobby Brown makes me sad. I can't check it on him. <laughs> I'm gonna watch I gotta it. Leave Bobby I see the dangerous in it. Dangerous. <laughs> I gotta leave Bobby Brown alone because I'm like he's just getting. After Christina died, I was like, let me leave this man alone. He he needs 
you need, you need to chill. Yeah, everyone's yeah. making biopics. Lifetime did. Who did the Aaliyah movie? Was that Lifetime or was that BET? Um, I can't remember because they're both like it's like Lifetime, BET, and VH1 are like just turning them out, and I can't yeah. always remember which one is which. And it's like specifically R and B stars. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like Michael Jackson, a uh, new edition. Like, did we need a new edition biopic? I don't. But I mean, okay, who who watches um, biopics? You know what I mean? Black thirty year olds. <laughs> so <laughs> they ran the numbers. <laughs> they ran the numbers. They looked at Twitter. Like they know who the audience is. And I said, I'm gonna watch this Bobby Brown biopic. <laughs> biopic. Am yeah. I mispronouncing it this whole time? That's eh, fine. I don't know. <laughs> I know people, I think both are right, but I just like saying biopic, like biographical picture. <laughs> Get it right. Oh, okay. That's We're light on news today. That's fine, I think. <laughs> I feel like we'll we'll have, I think we learned after Bingo Love that even if we don't have a lot of news or book. We can talk. Because, you know, we talked for about 30 minutes before we even started recording so <laughs> we're fine so we're good we're good okay let's get into the, today's book um, keeping with our theme of uh our second birthday this week we are reading meet addy um from the addy books when mm-hmm. you were a kid and that expensive ass doll <laughs> yep Written by Connie Porter, who you know, maybe? Who I know? You said, like, you had, like, she worked at, remember when oh. we first? Uh-huh. Uh, not the writer, but oh. um, it was, like, so one of my teachers at MU, she taught, uh, like, I think the course is called African American Women in U.S. History. Mm-hmm. And I took it, and, like, these two white dudes took it with me. I don't know why. Um, but I took it, and I remember, um, I don't know, she just was, like, uh, real chummy with me, I think, because I was dating this other guy in there, and she was, like, ooh. Like, I remember she, like, took our picture at an event. She was, like, look at you guys. Like, look at this shiny black couple. And I was, like, oh, my God. Creepy. Yeah. She was very sweet. She, um, I remember like one time she held up like a picture of Condoleezza Rice and she was like, uh, she was like, see, if you wear a red suit, she's like, red is a color of power. So she's like, that's why I put on my red suit when I'm going out here. Like she was very like Southern, like very like professional old Southern black lady. She was great. She was great. <laughs> but I remember like I had to write a um, paper um, for her and bringing this round circle I wanted to write about um like an author and I wanted to write about genre fiction and I was thinking about writing about Sister Soldier and the importance of like uh urban lit and self-publishing in black history and so she was like oh well you know come to my office and we'll talk about it so I go up to her office and you know it's very like cute very like nicely decorated and everything and she has this little love seat and Addie's just like sitting on the love seat <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that's Addie. And she was like, I never told you. She was like, I was the historical consultant on the Addie books. I was like, whoa, get out of here. So she like, let me hold it all and stuff. Now, did you have an Addie doll? 
<laughs> no, I had the American Girl catalog, and I was welcome to look at all the dolls and all the accessories <laughs> to my heart's content. But no, my parents were not going to buy me a hundred dollar doll. <laughs> I, so I had an Addy doll. Ooh, um, fancy. My parents got a lot of things, you know, as they got them. <laughs> um, but I had I had an Addy doll, and I remember like my mom was like. I think my mom was more excited than I was. Um, and so she was like, oh, and she was like touching her hair. She's like, you got to take really good care of this hair. And then she was like, I think it might be real. And I was like, even as a kid, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, this some bitch's hair? And so I got like really freaked out by it. And I put it like up on a windowsill. And I just never played with her because it freaked me out. Though so this was before my love of weave. But... <laughs> at the time so and I never got any accessories anything for her it's just that I had I had the doll and I remember I put it up there my mom was like it's probably for the best that she just sits up there anyway because she's kind of expensive and I was like I'm cool with that (laughs) because even dolls would freak me out a little bit as a kid but that's a whole other and these are like do they do the thing where you lay them down and they blink and they have like really detailed eyes like these are quality dolls I remember I was always really impressed at the commitment to like the whole lifestyle like so each girl so like they when i was into american girls they only had the five they have like uh-huh. 10 now but um and like everyone's line like every girl has her school outfit every girl has her like nightgown and fancy bed every girl has her like kitchen and you uh-huh. know fancy cooking accessories and it'd be like things from the book like if you'd read the book like oh that's the ice cream maker that eddie's dad fixed for her or something mm-hmm. so I just remember like the, even as a kid being like that's that's some commitment to detail and I respect it right mm-hmm. if and I had them shits were expensive yeah if I had gotten a doll though I don't know if I would have gotten Addie because <laughs> why I liked Addie Addie was my favorite because she was black but I also liked Samantha because she was fancy and Samantha had the nicest stuff <laughs> Uh, like, Samantha was like the Victorian one yeah or Edwardian I think technically Edwardian yeah she had like a four poster bed and she had like all the fancy gowns because Samantha had money like I don't think any of the other American girls had money Samantha came from Samantha money Samantha was like you broke bitches can't even <laughs> so yeah so I remember I liked Addie I liked Samantha and I liked Molly because Molly was also the most modern <laughs> yeah a couple of different people gave me Molly books so I think I read her books like the most often, her and Addie. Yeah. And then I don't, I might have read, was Josefina? Josefina. Mm-hmm. She came, I think by the time she came, I had started growing out of them. Yeah, I think, I think I read like one of her books and then the others I don't remember as much because you know what? Like very honestly, I like Dear America better. <laughs> I read both of them. I liked Dear America. They just weren't as good as merchandising. That's true. <laughs> they, needed to, they didn't have a whole entire doll line. The, like, Mm-mm. it's it's insane, the dolls now, because I think Felicity used to be the earliest. Mm-hmm. And now they've gone they've gone pre-colonial, and I think her name is Kaya. And now they mm-hmm. go as, and then Molly used to be the latest, and she was in the 40s, and now they've gone all the way to the 70s. They've got, like, a hippie. I group. think they even go, I think they even have, like, a Millennium doll. Oh, really? Like, as part of the historical line? Because they also have, like, the... Like I think that they so. Make. Yeah. I think they do. Um, so they expanded out after I stopped paying attention. And I went and I was like yeah. looking at the characters and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, who is this? Who is that? 
I don't and, know these girls. And then the real, according to me, the real uh, tragedy is they have, I guess, redesigned a lot of Addie's signature outfits. So she doesn't have the pink oh, dress anymore. Really? She has like this, oh, yeah, blue ruffle dress. And she doesn't have her, remember the blue school outfit with like the jacket? She doesn't have that anymore mm. either. It's retired. Oh, that's too bad. No, redesigning <laughs> things. I don't like it. That's why I made sure I got the 1993 books because I was like, I don't like change. <laughs> I want to read the characters I read about. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got a whole bunch of things going on here. Boys. Mm-hmm. Somebody with like some kind of guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a thing. We got boys, guitars. Oh, here we go. Melody. Yeah, wasn't she the 70? mod girl. Or was she civil rights? There's one, I think, Julie, who goes to the 70s because she's like feminism and divorce and all that stuff. <laughs> Melody looks like 60s, maybe. I don't know. I, I can't. I've grown out of the age where I can keep this straight. <laughs> right? I just know the six. I know, not even six, I know the five I grew up with, and I'm like, that's all I need. I, except I never read Felicity or Kirsten. I didn't care about either one of them. I might have read Kirsten. I don't. I for sure read Molly and Addie. Yes. <laughs> and Samantha, because she was fancy. I didn't read Samantha. Oh, she had this little lower class friend who I think was like an orphan she would hang around with. And I was like, <laughs> y'all can't help that girl. She oh would say, gosh. she would say, this is my poor friend. <laughs> I'm very uh, brave for hanging out with her. We could all say we like the other ones, but we all know if we had to pick one, you want to be Samantha. She had money. I gotta, I gotta um, look more into Samantha. I never read her. <laughs> I read a few of hers. I'm like, she'd have like the fancy Christmas. She's just, she's the rich one. She's the rich one. She's the rich one. I mean, you know, dream, dream big. <laughs> Um, so I did not do a synopsis, but I'll just, I can do the details of the book. Um, Meet Addie was originally published in 1993 and is a part of their historical American girl stories. And so as we all know, or I'm assuming you all know, the stories all sort of file, the stories in the series all follow the same pattern. So in the case of Addie, you had Meet Addie. Addie learns a lesson, which was the school story, a surprise for Addie, which is the spring story. Nope, that's not spring. That's the Christmas story. Happy birthday, Addie, which was the, that's the spring story. Addie saves the day, which is the summer story, and then changes for Addie, which is a winter story. So I, it's real facts. I had not read the last two until we did this whole recording experiment. <laughs> for the hey. past 30 years, I never made it past happy birthday, Addie. So I yeah. think I read them all. I can't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I read them all. Well, because I always got mine from the library, and like they didn't have them. So I was just like, well... I'll get well, to those someday. Those at. <laughs> and someday came in 2018. <laughs> it's like, let's see what's at, what Addie's up to. <laughs> exactly. I don't even think they follow this title pattern anymore. Really? So, mm. I think they've um expanded it out. So, I mean, you know, got to change to keep up. Yeah. So if you have, um, you know, a child in your life who likes the American Girl books, um, let us know, like, if they read them, how they've changed. I, I'd just be very interested. And this website just wants me to buy stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I had heard and I want to make sure I look it up before I say it out loud, because it sounds crazy. 
about the um oh no that's a terrible search um <laughs> the underwear scandal with the american girl dolls wait what yes Ameri- why so people magazine has an article titled why are parents so upset about american girl dolls new underwear and apparently okay. the um the dolls used to have removable underclothes but now they've started sewing it into to the doll okay like apparently this was a big deal and um why um, they're not saying why they started sewing it, but the parents were upset because I guess you get to use used to be able to get different like underwear accessories and oh you could god. like <laughs> Um oh my gosh, this parent like you used to be able to get different accessories and buy different ones and like now with the permanent underwear you can't do that, even though you would think that would save you money. I mean, but if you're if you're mad about it, you're not someone who cares about saving money on these dolls. I mean that's true. This this is a you wanted to buy all those underwear. <laughs> this is a parent's comment. Why change something that didn't need fixing? Girls eight to twelve can keep track of their dolls' panties. Oh my my girls are really disappointed about this unnecessary change. It's are has, they? <laughs> it has to somehow save you money because there wasn't any call for permanent underwear. So I just wanted to share that that's that's what's happening in the contemporary American girl, uh, world doll world. Huh. <laughs> Hmm. So I heard about that and then I was like, maybe I don't need to check in on American Girl. I don't even do dolls. This is fine. I'll just it's keep like, the memories I got. Yes. I got it. Yes. So we should get into the book because I have some things to say after rereading this from another 30 years. Well, I guess it hasn't been that long. 10 years, after, 20 years after the first time I read it. Please go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts. All right. So just for the synopsis, um, it's very easy because this book is literally 40 pages Addie's a nine-year-old girl living on a plantation in North Carolina um the book sort of starts and I'm not even doing a spoiler alert because come on now the book sort of starts she is lying in her cabin and she overhears her parents discussing running away from their plantation um and so it kind of scares her and it's a secret she says she has to keep to herself and so the next day she's out in the fields and she's in the kitchen serving not in the kitchen she's in the dining room serving dinner when she overhears that her master has sold off her brother and her father so as a result of the family being broken up she and her mother decide to make their own escape to philadelphia um she has to leave her baby sister behind and they end up spending okay time in this book is a really wild thing because everything goes so quickly but um they make a run for it and they run they she they encounter some confederate soldiers there's a near drowning in a river but they eventually make their way to a safe house and are soon on their way to philadelphia and that's about all the plot points do you think i missed any yeah i mean there's some stuff when she gets there does she i don't know does she make it to philadelphia at the end of this book oh maybe i read a different version because because at the end of this book, she puts on her pink dress and they're in the carriage and they're Ooh. on their way to the boat. I think I had a different version from you because I think mine was about... I'm reading the original 1993. <laughs> I think mine was about <laughs> twice as long and they get to um, they get to Philadelphia and um, there's like this whole thing with like this little girl who's her friend and then this mean little like light-skinned girl who wants to treat her as her slave and then they don't have any coal and then like uh 
she's making all these dresses from scraps and you know what she makes that blue dress that she wears now her mom makes that uh blue dress or whatever she doesn't wear the pink dress and you then, did uh, read a different version it also sounds yeah. like you read Addie learns a lesson yes because they have the whole thing at school where she's learning to like spell and she has a spelling test or whatever and then um the dad comes back at the end okay you read three of them <laughs> <laughs> You read, it sounds like, you must have, like, a super collection or something. It, it must like be. It was what read. was on Kindle. Because it says, Finding Freedom in Addie Classic, Volume 1. Yes. You read the first three books. Because that, okay, that uh, makes the price better. So you read Meet Addie, Addie Learns a Lesson, and A Surprise for Addie, which is the first three uh, books of the original. Yeah, because they go all the way through Christmas. Yeah. Okay. I feel better. Because I was like, did Molly spend all that money for a 40-page <laughs> book? Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we can just go, I guess, book by book and just do each thing and start like with her on the plantation, okay. then the Philadelphia school story, okay. and then the um, the Christmas one the is Christmas where they try one. to save money for the lamp. Yeah. She wants to buy that scarf for her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to start. I would like to also clarify, if I accidentally say Dear Addie, as I have done multiple times, because <laughs> I keep conflating meet Addie with Dear Abby, the advice column. Just call mm-hmm. me out. Um, I had thoughts about this book and it this is a dark book. This is a disturbing is. book. <laughs> I mean, but it is about slavery. That's why I'm like, I was like, I kept going back and forth. And I don't know how I feel. It's like the other kids, you know, are doing this or doing that and you know, Addie is throwing slave. tea parties. <laughs> exactly. Addie is trying to run away to freedom. Like there's no levity in that. I have a list. Okay. I want to talk about the things in this book that upset go, me. Go ahead. I've been Item waiting a. because you, for a week you've been telling me. So I'm just going to sit back and listen. So first of all, yes, she's a slave. It, like the book starts with her sleeping on a cornhusk palace in a slave cabin. Let's do Next, in the book, if you remember the classic illustrations of the series, as Addie is pouring water to like this slave holder and his guest, this creepy like old white man is like petting her on the head and she has a face that's like dead inside i'm gonna tweet this art out because i'm sure everyone's seen tweet it. it i just do not like it i'm gonna send it to you right now Where's send it to me send it on the hangouts it's just it also <laughs> talks about one it also hits on one of the lessons of this book which i'll get into after my little list mm-hmm. um next is her father and brother being chained gagged and dragged away yeah dark heavy for a nine-year-old um molly addy being whipped while all this is going on uh-huh she's like because at one point the slaveholder's like you need to get out and so she gets whipped on the back mm-hmm. um the next day or i think it's a week later again time is wonky um a week later she's not paying attention to what she's doing in the field and an overseer forces her to eat worms yeah and i feel like my college professor said like that was her idea i might be misremembering this but i think she's like because i think i remember like saying like man that really like fucked me up as a kid and she's like yeah that's something they did i told them to add that i was like damn why but i could i could be wrong i could be misremembering but that's that's like my recollection of how that conversation went that's Oh my gosh, I, I can get, I'm going to go, I can go into details on all these things. But first, I just need to list them out. Um, leaving the infant behind in slavery oh while they run away. 
sad. And then the escape itself with the near drowning and the Confederate soldiers. And then a sub point of that, one of the lessons in this book Addie has to learn is to like repress all her feelings. Yeah, just to like go dead inside like this picture. <laughs> this is like the saddest picture. It's this the... is so sad. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm like, what is ha-? like, I don't remember it being this disturbing when I read it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I guess like now, like, you know, reading it as an adult, I'm like, what the hell is happening? This child is nine. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, and that's, so yeah, that's exactly, like, she's, this whole book, like, her mother and her father are like, you need to learn that you're not always free to show your feelings, but you're always mm-hmm. free on the inside. So, you know, just because you don't see us crying and upset doesn't mean we're not crying and upset. You need to learn how to not do that. And one of the plot points is when Maddie stumbles upon like some Confederate soldiers sitting around in a fire, she she's scared, but she doesn't show it. So she walks, the man asks her for like some water. She walks over, she gives him the water, and then she pretends to lay down and go to sleep. And like that's like her achievement. She successfully repressed all her feelings. Yeah. It's it, it's, it's a it's a big theme for a little girl. Oh my gosh. So, yes. Sorry, I just had a lot of feelings, and I just spit them all out there. No, I mean, it, it definitely makes you think about, like, the types of media that exist for Black children and makes me very, you know, thankful for people like I See Me who are saying, like, there's an array of experiences that little <laughs> Black kids can read about. Because it is, we talked about this before, it is important, but it is, at the same time, it's kind of like, Addie was the only black one, you know, right. in the original series, and it's like, here she is, being force-fed bugs, like, you know, ripped away from her family, and everything is like, you know, an internal, a, a, a eternal horror for her, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, oh, you're right, uh, Samantha is having a, a tea party, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, or someone wants a new pony. Meanwhile, Addie is literally trying to escape for, with her life. With her life. To avoid slavers. Like, they're coming to kill Addie. <laughs> there is, um, I, there is, you brought it up and I was like, there could have been other, there are other, if they wanted to do this, they could have also done, like, maybe a New Orleans in the 30s. Because yeah. I think that's why you, you said Dear America. That was one thing I think Dear America did a little bit better. Mm-hmm. They had I think multiple. They had more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had the girl who was a slave, but they also had the girl who was just like, I think it's right after the Civil War. And so she's emancipated mm-hmm. and she has to figure out what she wants to do. Yeah. They could have done someone in like the 50s, 60s, start the Civil Rights era. They could have done someone in the 70s, like a music theme. They could have done someone at any time being a doctor or a big sister <laughs> or just going to fucking school. But I, I understand that they're, you know, like slavery was kind of a big important piece of American history so like to act like it never existed is you know not the way that we should be going but at the same time to act like uh, black history existed only when black people were slaves or when MLK was marching and that was it is also kind of like that's the extent of black history is also kind of problematic and we've talked about this before Um, like what's the balance and I think the balance is just having more stories about 
about black history and black children and black people so exactly yeah i think it's just the fact that this was the only one and she was out here struggling (laughs) they do now i will say they do now melody who's i think you said she is the 1960s historical doll and she's at the right of this she's at like the civil rights right um and so but still that's still kind of that's still different than the tea party you know or even molly i think was world war ii but yeah. she wasn't like a jewish girl she was like no. a, a white girl and her big thing was they were gonna have like a dance party or something i think samantha was like the most privileged because i think felicity was revolutionary war and maybe kirsten nothing was going on in kirsten's life either now that i think about it i think she was just was what, she the, the one with the horse she may have had a horse. She had the um. She was, I think, Swiss or maybe mm. Dutch. I don't know. She had the Christmas outfit with the candles on her head. Mm. And I think they just lived in a cabin in the woods somewhere. I don't know what her whole deal was. Let me. <laughs> oh, it's on the back of this book. Let me see. Kirsten, a pioneer girl of strength and spirit who settles on the frontier. Yeah, she was just out on the frontier, I guess. And then Samantha was just. Aunt Samantha was an orphan, but she was Edwardian. But there was nothing socially. There was nothing big socially happening around her. And then, yeah, Molly was WW2. And I think her dad was in the war. That was Yeah, her dad was thing. a soldier. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, that was just, I read this. I mean, like, they're all, both, they're out here struggling to different extents, but right. Addie definitely had it the worst. She she was a literal slave. <laughs> yeah. So, and I will say, I'm glad it's only the first book that yeah. has, like, they, she's a slave, they escape, we're, we're done we're not reliving the horrors i mean it was horrible and i think we should acknowledge that but this is also a book for children yeah so and a book that's meant to sell dolls <laughs> that's true that's true like they um, can't sell that that corn husk mattress when everyone everyone else has like a four pillister bed you know what i mean that's not a good look yeah, for yeah. american girl <laughs> they do sell i think it's her iron rod iron bed with the quilt that she shares with her mama and uh, in the second one um there was something else i had pointed out the feelings got me like that really it's funny how none of these things sort of resonated when i was a kid like i guess i was just i don't know what it is with children i guess you're not aware of horrors as much because i used to be able to read all this stuff and just go on about my day and be fine children have no empathy that's true (laughs) and i guess they have no historical context either (laughs) to know like yeah this happened in this book but like it was that really did happen and it was way worse for a lot of people yeah but also children are tiny sociopaths um the one thing i liked was miss caroline so miss caroline is the white woman whose safe house they escaped to and she's Mm -hmm. like and they're like she's like how did you learn of me and she's like uncle solomon told us and she's like oh solomon i've known him for almost 50 years yeah children on farms and i'm like why aren't you helping solomon help solomon get to freedom then you've been knowing him Help his ass out. <laughs> that stood out. I was like, damn, that's your friend. You just that's your friend. Slavery. Mm, that's your friend. You know, I would not let my friend be a slave. Danielle, if you were a slave and I had a stop on the Underground Railroad, I would say, hey, someone go get Danielle. <laughs> Bring her Thank here. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. I would do the same. I appreciate that's what friends that. do. That's what, that's what a friend e- does. And we haven't known each other for 50 years. That's that's true. Uh, I just thought that was wild. Um, these books are really short and they're very easy to... I like. I read this in like 30 minutes. 
Did you read any of the historical notes? And did you ever read any of the historical notes? So I don't think my version has historical notes. My version has like a little synopsis of, I guess, of the last three ah. books. But then some of these, I don't know. An Addy Mystery? Shadows that's, on Society Hill? That's new. That's something And she's I think got like... <laughs> and it's an Edgar Award nominee, huh? She's got like a little like lantern and she's like gonna solve a mystery i don't know addy must have taken some she leveled up she leveled up but no i i didn't have any historical notes in mind and i don't think i would have read them as a child well because like in the original ones i remember they used to do this they always used to have like a few pages in the back that sort of like taught you about the history you read about in the book and so with mm. addy it was a lot of like history about slavery the civil war um, eventually they get the war ends and so it's about like emancipation and all that and I used to always skip it so and I skipped it this time too so I was just curious if you ever read it when you were little um, no. I appreciate that it's there I don't know how many children read it yeah there's a little about the author on here um, yes. that's that's that I would like to read the first sentence of go ahead it says meet the author Connie Porter grew up in, grew up near Buffalo New York where the winters are long and hard Oh, I like that little piece of color. As girls, she and her sisters trudged through deep snow to borrow books from the bookmobile that came to the neighborhood twice a week. I mean, even the author's note is a struggle. <laughs> and I appreciate that she wrote this, and it's very cute because she has on, like, the Addy, like, hat with the ribbon on it in the picture. Oh, but at the she? same, Yeah. At the same time, it's like, do you think What's-Her-Name's author was trudging through snow to get books? Samantha's author had the books delivered to her house pre-Amazon. Pre-Amazon. Addie was probably bringing the fucking books over there. (laughs) (laughs) They don't Uh, treat Addie right. They do not treat Addie right. (laughs) It's just that first book. I forgot how horrible it was. The rest Mm -hmm. of them get much, I mean, not much better. The rest of them get better. She at least isn't being whipped or force-fed worms. Right. But she's with this little, this one little bitch. Um... Harriet, yeah, Harriet, yes. Yeah, so. so she has the friend. What's the the nice friend's name? Like the real friend, Sarah. What's her name? Sarah. I like Sarah. I thought yeah. Sarah was a super cute character. Yeah. So when Addie and her mom arrive in Phil- so in the second book, Addie learns a lesson. Addie and her mom arrive in Philadelphia, and so they sort of work with Sarah Moore and her mother, Mrs. Moore, and she sort of gets settled, help them get settled in. Addie starts going to school where she meets a girl named Harriet, who is sort of who, who what Harriet lives the life Addie thought she would live when free. So Harriet's mm-hmm. family has money. She has a different dress every day. She has toys and all that other stuff. And so Addie sort of wants to be like her. And so mm-hmm. she's, she tries to befriend Harriet. Harriet sort of leads her on and makes her a flunky before Addie wises up. And then I think, I think the term that my girl Sarah said was she wants to make you her slave. Like Did I want to sugarcoat <laughs> the fact that Sarah was like freedom ain't free Addie. They do say slave to a girl who was a former slave. You think that would ring <laughs> some bells, some alarms? Yeah, for Addie, then she'd be like, hmm. But you know what? She's nine. She you is. Know, She's hard. a child. It's hard out here for the children. And um, Addie. Addie, very honestly, I thought they were going to drag that out more. Addie was like, I think like two days she carried those books home and she was like, nah, this ain't for me. <laughs> she did. Well, she, because the second day she had like asked her mom if she, because there's this big spelling match. 
so uh-huh. Addie wants to study for the spelling match. And so Harriet was like, well, you can study with me and my friends, I guess. And so she asked her mom, can I go study with my new friend? And her mom's like, sure, if Sarah goes with you. And Sarah mm-hmm. ain't going to go. Right. But um, she asked permission. And then so the day where she she's looking forward to it all day, that evening they're supposed to go and study. And then when they pass Addie's house, everyone just takes their stuff. And Harriet's like, yeah, no, nah, I don't need to study. And so I think she realizes she was getting played. I think that was mm-hmm. the incident, was the not mm-hmm. that being led on. Right. Like, Addie wised up quick, quick she enough. Did. So, um, I do like, and this is where, um, so her, the mother gets a job working for, like, the seamstress, the sewer woman, Mrs. Ford, who mm-hmm. has a room for them to live in, like, above her shop. Right, with a window that won't close. Yeah, that becomes a problem in the Christmas book. The first one, it's just hot and smells bad. Yeah, it won't close and it lets in like all the noise and smell from the street. Yeah, I I do like that in my version at least. Um, So they're going by chapters and I guess parts. So the Mm -hmm. chapter where they're talking about like the coldness coming in through the window, it's called Winds of Winter. Um, So at least we got that in some form. And at least one nerd is out there laughing at that joke. I was like, is, I'm trying to see if that's what they titled it in the original one. And I don't think they, they didn't. Oh, they did. It's Winds of Winter. This predates Jon Snow, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I assume you're making a Game of Thrones joke. I was. Yeah, I caught <laughs> on. I did appreciate like books that had like chapters that have titles. I haven't yeah, read a book like with title, chapters that have titled in a long time. I don't <laughs> think that's a thing they do anymore. Um, but they arrive and the big thing in the second book is also like so Harriet is interesting I heard in your book is Harriet Uh still light skinned because I heard they had redrawn her to not be light skinned oh well there are no pictures in my book and me oh this is gonna sound so terrible maybe I was just assuming she was light skinned (laughs) well she was if you in the original one she's lighter skinned than the others and she has like hair that's like not kinky it's curly but it's not kinky I think that she has the hair. She is definitely bougie. Now I can't remember. Yeah, now I can't remember the actual description of her. I guess in my mind's eye, I was just seeing her light skinned and bougie. Yeah, okay. So I Googled it in, uh, in the American Girl Wiki. Harriet Davis, in the new illustrations, or at least the photo they have in the wiki, she's a lot she's not a lot darker but she's darker than she was in the original series where she's sort of like kind of like a high yellow which i think is interesting i think that's fascinating interesting i could spell harriet on here i could get it (laughs) she does say she's named after harriet tubman oh yeah she she's like do you even know who that is but relax addie was a addie addie was an enslaved child it's like, like you all have to relax you have to relax she's been here for a week Oh, she's been here actually, like a smooth week. <laughs> was yes. that? They acknowledge it. So originally Harriet was illustrated as a very pale skinned girl by Melody Rosales. When the books were re-illustrated by Doll Taylor, she was given a darker skin tone to help remove the colorism. So, huh. Interesting. It is interesting. Because I don't think she's mixed. I, I mean, think- we don't really learn that much about her family. I just assumed like maybe she was like, I don't know creole some kind of i think she said they were like freed persons but i don't know i mean that could mean a whole lot of things we have right. also talked about how blackness means so many different things because 
because in the books, Harriet's whole thing isn't color. She doesn't have an issue with Addie or Sarah because they're dark skinned. It's money. The bitch got money. Yeah, they're poor. And, and she don't like slaves. <laughs> that too, because she pisses the teacher off. She does. Like the, the, the teacher's like a freed woman from North Carolina too. And Harriet's sort of like, mm, sucks to be you. Well, because I think they're going to take a field trip to go watch a regiment of a quote unquote colored troops mm-hmm. go out. And she's like, we need to go. And the teacher who's in this done, they're like, we need to go out. These boys are fighting for freedom and they're fighting to end slavery. And like, we should all care. And this, and then Harriet like pipes up, my family was never enslaved. <laughs> and like the book even describes like Miss Dunn's face, like gets hard. She's like, even if you weren't enslaved, we all know someone or have a relative or someone who was impacted by slavery. So it's just, so that was her thing. She's just kind of bougie. She, there was never a colorism aspect. Ah, uh, here, I finally found it. Uh, she sat down next to Harriet and smiled shyly Harriet did not smile back of course not Harriet had light brown skin and where and she wore her hair loose so see and she's wearing she had hair that could be worn loose I mean anybody can wear their hair loose it's just like (laughs) is it gonna fall and cast your shoulders or is it gonna stick straight up (laughs) and I'm saying that because my hair is like sticking straight up right now (laughs) I need to like I need to moisturize it's so it's so bad right now my hair is so dry <laughs> I I've recently discovered like oh my gosh if I put product in my hair every day I don't look so crazy it's a revelation it's like you need you need something every day it's bad you know yeah. what I am glad that my future daughter will grow up in this natural hair movement well where she will know how to like really care for her hair and its natural um, state with products that are tailored to her because sometimes I'd be looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what are you doing, Molly? <laughs> I'm not going to slap some pink oil moisturizer on her head. Do they even make that They anymore? sure do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it still smell the same? I don't know. Like, I saw it at the beauty supply store the other day. <laughs> Because that was everywhere, and then the next day it was gone. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe that company collapsed." No, it's still around. Lester's. I think I saw it at Target once too. You remember the name? I was about to say Sally's, and I remember that was the actual store. <laughs> Lester's. Um, oh, I was. I found this quote because it just validated what you said. Uh-huh. It said, "Um, Harriet." She thinks she's better than other people. If your family ain't got no money, she don't like you. So that's Harriet's issue. <laughs> Did Sarah say that? They, yes, I Sarah said that. Sarah's out here spitting truth. <laughs> so I think it's interesting that they redrew her for the colorism. Because I guess they don't ever address it. And I'm sure someone pointed uh-huh. it out. So um, Harriet shows back up in the fifth book. Okay. The summer story. Um, she, they're making, I can't remember what it is. They're making, um, oh, they're, this church is holding a fair for like to raise money for like freedmen funds, you know, to help the recently slaved, recently emancipated slaves. And so she, Sarah and Harriet, it's a classic like sitcom setup. (laughs) Addie, Harriet and Sarah have to work together on this booth Mm. and they butt heads. But originally they become friends. I remember that one. Yeah. 
I didn't read it this time, but I remember it. I'm working in that booth. Sarah being all pissed off. Yes. And so, yeah. So it was a. So that yeah, I read it for the first time last night, age thirty-one. <laughs> finally, finished the the end of their rivalry. So I always liked the school one. One I liked her outfit, because um, Addie looks sharp in her little blue, like jacket skirt combo. Do they have a cakewalk? I don't think so. Oh, maybe it was Dear America. Someone had a cakewalk, and then I remember we had a cakewalk. And I won the piece of cake. Like, I won the cake. And I was, like, so stoked. And then, um, like, recently I brought up a cakewalk to somebody. And somebody was like, what is that? And I was like, man, see. You don't know I barely know what a cakewalk is. It's like a dance. And then you get cake if you win it. Can't you they made us do. do we- no. <laughs> and it's like, you know, as a kid, you get cake. It's great. And it's your cake. You earned it. That's true. Right? Like, I, I won this cake, yeah. Um, oh, I did want to touch this. Another little side plot in the story is um, Addie learning to read and mm-hmm. helping her mother learn how to read. And so they make the little mm-hmm. cookies that spell words. Yeah. And they and I remember that love. Was a, yeah, I remember that was a product you could buy. You could buy her little lunch pail <laughs> with the love cookies. <laughs> Because, again, the attention to detail in this brand. Because they're out here. They're trying to make money. I I think my favorite part in the three that I read, so this first volume, was when the father comes home and um, they see the lamp, like, on the desk and Addie reads the card and he, like, starts crying and he's like, you can read. Like, that that touched my soul when I read that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, Addie's out here struggling, but at the same time, it's, like, that resilience that I'm, like, Okay, that's a good, that's a good, you got me, American girl. That's a good balance. Do you want to talk about the third one? Because I think it was the sweetest of the three. Yeah, one, so the third one, the Christmas one. struggle. <laughs> yeah, that's the Christmas one. Um, <laughs> she's wearing the little taffeta dress on the cover, and I think it's really cute. Um, I think this is probably the most upbeat of Addie's books. Because, <laughs> again, yeah. Addie struggles. <laughs> she's still um, kind of struggling at this book. Because she's like, like, oh, I want to buy my mom this, like, beautiful red scarf. And, um, you know, it's so cold. And I wanted to say, like, it's nice that she... So the whole thing is they're saving money. They're saving... Addie's going around and doing deliveries for this Mm -hmm. um, tailor for this dress shop. And so she gets tips sometimes when she makes the deliveries for Miss Ford, who's, you know, no longer as mean as she is when they first show up. And so... um, like, there's this whole thing where someone comes in and accuses the mom, and Miss Ford, like, stands up for her, and Addie gets the, the dress. I think that's the dress that's probably on the cover. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's putting her little pennies aside because this, this scarf costs, I think, like, 15 pennies or something, like, depressingly low that she can't afford. <laughs> 20 and, cents, yeah. <laughs> 20 cents. It, 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 times are hard back then. You know what 20 cents could get you? I looked it up in the inflation calculator, actually. Uh-huh. What was it's it? the equivalent... It's equivalent to like three fifty of today's three dollars and fifty cents. That's still money. sad though. <laughs> That's still sad. That's more sad. Um, so she's running around, she's making all these deliveries, and she keeps going to see the scarf. And then they see like the Freedman's Fund, and um, Addie's kind of like, oh, 
um, you know, if I give my money to, um, like, the recently emancipated, like, then they can have a good Christmas. They can, like, support. They can thrive like we've been, quote, unquote, thriving here, even though <laughs> Sarah let us know freedom ain't free. So um, she she doesn't end up getting the scarf, and they give the money away. And then Mrs. Ford ends up buying them this lantern that they had been saving up for um, so that, you know, A, they won't be cold and it won't be dark and Addie's mom can continue working late into the night and see her stitches. And I was kind of like, yes, it is very nice that, you know, they helped out by giving their money. Like that's some altruism that they, you know, that, that we should be teaching children. But at the same time, it's like, Addie's mom needed a fucking scarf. Like it was, it was cold. Like it would not have been selfish for her to buy her mother a scarf to keep her cold while she was sewing into the night because they don't even ask Mrs. Ford to go fix the window. You know what I mean? Like there's ice and snow coming in to the place where they sleep. And they're like, we can't even save, you know, $3 to get a scarf for this woman. Like it it works out at the end. Because they use the fabric scraps to Addie, like, sews a scarf for her mom. But at the same time, I'm like, who's looking out for Addie and her mom? Now that you've laid out your case, uh-huh. I do feel like <laughs> Because you're right. Like, the beginning of the book, they wake up. There's snow and ice coming in. There's stuff in rags. And, like, almost Addie has multiple, like, interactions with her moms where she's like, can we, like, can we let this light the stove and her mom's like no we need to save the coal for meals right and he's always asking can we light the stove and her mom's like no because i guess the store is kept warm where her mom's Uh working but addy's not allowed in the store since it's a place of business right (laughs) we are told that multiple times and she has to go up to like this cold little garret room with the broken window where it's dark she's up there all by herself yeah (laughs) like she can't read she can't do any can't do her school work can't do completely alone like she keeps saying like oh you know when we were in slavery like at least she would get to be with her mother but now that they're in like this new capitalism system (laughs) she can't like she can't even be with her mother like she has to sit up there in the in the snow and the cold and dream about saving three dollars and fifty cents in today's money to buy her mother her beloved mother a scarf that she ends up giving away and it's like like i said that is like a beautiful lesson for a child, but it's not a practical lesson. Like if my daughter were reading this, I would be like, Addie should have looked out for Addie at some point because <laughs> where was the money to, to fix that window? Like you have rights, I- baby girl. <laughs> if you're paying rent to this woman or she's making your mother sell late into the night with no way to see, then she needs to get her I don't ass think up they there. Were paying rent. Well, I mean, I'm sure they were not getting paid any kind of livable wage well i mean they were making a dollar a day and i don't know what that is today it whatever she needed to go fix that window like they should have had to wait until pops came back like a man came back to fix that window and he just hit it twice and then it slammed down he was like Like ah this is a job for me he the fonds that window um (laughs) I think the part that I actually did like was like, I think what resonated with me in our current political society was the fact that if we all give and give our part, we can directly impact and make things better for people who Mm -hmm. are worse off. So like, I don't know, I've been really affected by the news and like, like I said, this whole election has sort of kicked me out of my apathy and I've like, you know, you got to like take action and do more 
to ensure that, you know, things are going to, that we move forward, that we continue mm-hmm. to move forward. So I think that's mm-hmm. what sort of stuck out with me. But yeah, you're right. They struggled. And like that scarf Addie made her mom at the end of the book is not going to keep her mom warm because it was made out of taffeta. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's the scrap from the dress. So so Molly's or uh, Addie's mom makes this dress and it's returned and the lady's like, this dress is too small. And it's implied the dress was not too small, that the little girl gained weight and sort of bust out of the seams. She yeah. must have hulked out the way they described it. <laughs> like the seams were button- broken, all the buttons popped off. I was like, come on now. Yeah. Even if you bought the it dress that you couldn't fit. <laughs> like, I was like, how long did it take to make this dress? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how long was she? Like, how do you pop off all the sleeves and the button? I don't get it. Either it fits or it doesn't. You, Right. I don't get it. But Mrs. So, Ford finally got over her apathy toward Addie and her mother. And said, what was Addie's mom's name? Ruth. Ruth. She was like, Ruth is the best seamstress I've ever had. You need to take your ass up out of here. Like, she like threw the money back at her. She was like, bitch, get out of my store. She said, good day, ma'am. Which I think was olden times for bitch, get out of my store. <laughs> But then she takes the dress and she repairs it and she subtly says, she says explicitly, I made it smaller to fit you. So apparently this girl, this girl is huge. But Um, I mean, again, Addie's struggling. Addie was an enslaved child. Addie probably did not have a lot of meat on her bones. Addie was up there shivering in the dark. Like (laughs) Addie might've been a little malnourished. Well, I mean, they, they do mention a lot of good meals. Like, that church apparently is always hosting really great potlucks. From That's true. But um, but then she trims off the excess and she makes Addie him it, <laughs> which I also <laughs> thought was funny. She's like, now you she sit down here time. and you hem this dress and then it's yours. Which I guess, I mean, like, she still gave her the dress, which I'm sure was worth a lot of money. But I just thought that was funny. But then Addie kept the extra material. She's like, I'm going to use this to make a scarf for my mama. Taffeta is a terrible material for a scarf. Yeah, is it so real? I, like, does it have holes in it? Is it real thin? It's super thin and it's like shiny. It's like, it's just really funny that that's the material. Yeah. So not like a Addie's mom somebody returned. Did not get her. <laughs> did not get her. Um, her warm dress. But yeah, so so I don't know. I guess I just like the lesson that like, cause they all like, if we donate this money, it'll help get Papa, Sam, and Esther to us faster. And that yeah. was like sort of what motivated them. They're like, yeah. They, they're like, we're here, we're struggling, but we're free. Her mother does have a line that's like, we had nothing. The church helped us when we needed it. Now we done saved more than $1.50. That did make me a little sad. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look up $1.50 in old timey money. But um, I, do... I just like the whole. Oh, go ahead. I just like the whole, like, if we we can give, even though we're poor, we can always give back. Yeah. And I, I liked I think I liked more that sentiment in like the character of Sarah and her mother, because it's like they were helping Addie out, like, um, you know, just that welcoming face, that like kind mm-hmm. presence and everything. But it wasn't tied to money again. Um, That's true. So I, I and Addie. Uh huh. Go ahead. I was gonna say Addie does go down to the pier at one point in the story. Does she? I can't remember now. Uh huh. And she like, there's a woman with a baby. And she's oh, like, right. and she wraps the baby in her shawl and she carries the baby and then she welcomes them down to like, um, so I guess they must do this often where they, cause it sort of mimics what happens when she and her mom were picked up. They get the, um, recently enslaved people and they take them to the church and they have a big meal and sort of help them get settled. Right. 
and I think maybe this is just like my own politics coming into it but this idea that like the poor have to like be the financial safety net for other poor people is like very troubling to me like you can't get your basic necessities met but it's like you know good for you to go out and give all your money to someone else it's like there should have been if it was today it's like there should be safety nets government programs no one should be in this position in the first place it's not on the poor to help other poor people when they can't even help themselves like saying that is like an awful thing when we have like billionaires out here like no throwing money to put cars in space or whatever so that's just my own like politics coming into this i can i can fully admit that i agree with you i think it works for me here because the historical context like all the black the black the people who were recently enslaved were being helped by other black people like the underground railroad yeah. was mostly black people and it was the black church and i know that these freed like these freedmen bureaus and the people who were getting things done were other mostly poor black people. Like the churches were collecting yeah. the money. They were helping them find the jobs. And it's like, well, the government's not going to do it. The governments are the reason why we were enslaved in the first place. Exactly. So, so I guess I, I like the scenes more where it was like, they were giving something other than money. Like they were giving mm-hmm. their time, they were giving their energy. And I know money is important too, but it's like that, that just, that, that got me, that got me. To be fair, I like just could not get with the sacrifice when it was like a whole dollar fifty, and maybe that's just me. Be <laughs> in this inflated world we live in nowadays, I spent a dollar like I spent three dollars on a refresher from Starbucks. I waste money like like what? Like it's fine, right? Um, but um, I don't know this one, and this is the one where her papa comes back. So this is the first yeah. reunion in the book. And I just got to say, this happens throughout the series. The reunions, in my opinion, are not given the weight that I think they could be given. But it's also a children's (laughs) book, and they got a lot of plot to cover. Yeah. And, like, you know, they would have to acknowledge, like, you know, being forcibly separated from your father and brother and little sister. Now, did the little sister come back? What happens with that? Yes. So I, I read the entire series. And so the dad comes back in the Christmas one. Her brother, uh-huh. and they all are treated sort of the same. Her brother shows up like the second to last page in the summer one. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm back. She's doing the, yeah, she does the puppet show and she says one of the riddles he used to tell her. And he's like, oh. I know that one. That one's easy. Even my little sister used to know it. And she's like, Sam. And then they run off and find their parents. And I'm like, we can't sit on this moment. We like, I'd love to see like, more of this. Because you were, everyone was screaming and being whipped and gagged. Like, we saw the separation (laughs) in detail. (laughs) There were shackles. And then I think in the last one, I think Uncle Solomon passed away. And Lula, Lula, did they they get up? Did they get up to freedom? They do. Philadelphia. Okay, good. Good. Philadelphia. Uh, But I think Solomon passes away before that happens. Um, (sighs) That makes me even matter at that other one. (laughs) Yeah, Miss Caroline was not a good friend. Um, But Esther comes up with their Aunt Lula. She's two now, so everyone's aged up. Mm -hmm. And um, they even redrew her little bio art. Um, She looks like a two-year-old. And so they come up, and then the whole family's, like, back together. Sam is missing his arm because he was a soldier. Mm. So I'm like, like, these are the things I think should have been the story was the reunion. Like, 
Sam lost an arm. Let's talk about that. Like, but I mean, again, this is this is a book geared toward children. What did you want them to say, Daniel, when he was on the what? battlefield and they didn't have no nothing to put him under? They were like bite down on this Sam. Good luck. Well, like, well, like they could say like. Like, literally the second to last page, Sam's like, I'm back. It's like that Simpsons, every time something like that happens, I think of that Simpsons moment where they do the Bible stories. Like, I don't know what biblical character he is. I think he's David from David and Goliath. And, like, mm-hmm. Ralph shows up, and he, he'd been murdered by Goliath earlier. And Bart's like, we thought you were dead. And Ralph's just like, nope. And that's the end of it. <laughs> that's how I feel with these things. Like, Sam shows up. He was a soldier. He's missing an arm. And that's it. Like we don't we don't talk about like how did how did you how did you escape the one plantation you were on? How did you enlist in the military? What happened after you lost your arm? How did you end up here? Like I know this is my problem. I'm an adult reading this book, but I'm yeah. like I still feel like the reunion The reunion the itself could have been a little bit more substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Like the happy parts of Addie's life. <laughs> Uh, you know what the, the the fact section is in this book is it cool yeah a peek in the past or whatever it was it says inside Addie's world but yeah I still like the Addie books I think they're they're a lot more intense than I remember them being but I still like <laughs> yeah. them and I think um she's a cute character and the stories like I mean I was found myself like ooh, I need to see where this little girl's going <laughs> like where's her daddy so I found myself like intrigued by them. I just think the f- intensity of that first book, man, if I had a daughter, maybe she just wouldn't read that one. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to catch you up. They're in Philadelphia now. Read the <laughs> second one. Um, I was just very briefly reading this this fact section, and I am 100% sure that um, that professor wrote this. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's like a fact that she would say over and over again about Lincoln not actually freeing any slaves. And it is like the last paragraph in here. She just wants to make sure it's clear. Yeah, because when she shit. said it, I was like, I was like, damn, you're right. And so it, it's like right here in this children's book. She was like, make sure you put that in there. And it's like the very last paragraph. <laughs> I want to. I almost said emails. I'm sure it was actually written letters, but I want to see the written memos where the editor is like trying to push back. She's like, no, I want these little girls to know. Right. And I remember her saying that she was like, I wanted to make sure that it was factually accurate. And I was like, okay, you do that. So I need to Um, look that professor up. She was great. I loved her. (laughs) Um, I would like to say, the next book, which I don't think you, which we don't have to go into because I don't think you read it. It's the birthday uh-huh. book. It's also uh-huh. kind of bad because in this one, like she meets the old lady named Madeer and she needs medicine. And so they go into town and she encounters prejudice from the store owner who like serves her last after he's treated all like served all the white people. And then, you know, he's really mean and he throws the money down on the counter and then they get on a streetcar where all the black people are forced to stand on the outside and like they're like empty seats inside the streetcar, but they can't ride on them. And then a man gets thrown off the streetcar. And so like, it's pretty intense too. So I'm like, there's no books where like, and I don't know, I don't really remember the other girls books, but I feel like there's just a lot of peril in Addie's books. Yeah. I, I feel like at least once one... or twice the other girls could like chill, but Addie, yeah. 
Addie was like, this this civil war is still going on. And she's like, and things ain't going to look good for a minute after this for Addie. <laughs> yeah, I got some oh. news for you, Addie. I got it's some news still... for you, Addie girl. <laughs> it's going to be like that for a good another minute. Uh, so I guess we sort of touched on this. Would you recommend, like, if you had a, if someone was like, oh, I remember those books. I wonder if I should let my daughter read them. I would. Molly? Yeah, Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because I mean, like, the nostalgia factor alone, I would on that. Yeah. And I feel like they're not sugarcoating, like, this really weighty topic. But there's still, like, enough hope and, like, sweetness in Addie's story that it makes it so... It's not like comp- like demoralizing. Like I feel like sometimes when you teach about slavery, or at least like how slavery is taught, it's like the slaves, you know, it was terrible and they died and it was awful and what is there to live for, black people? But it's and it kind of strips like people's humanity. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, 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 yeah, and it's like it, it was like a horrible like awful thing that happened in this country. But it's like the, there were still people and they still had families and this is still our history and our ancestry and it's like you know kids like Addie really did exist so it's like important to know that they were a whole people instead of just like some horrible thing that you see in a footnote in your history book right like nameless like wretches yeah and I feel like slavery and like victims of the holocaust like those actual people get overlooked because of the atrocity it's like look how terrible this was but then they don't actually even yeah so um, I do want to say one thing we forgot from the first book that I want to talk. Mm-hmm. Addie has this moment in the first book where she's like, I hate white people. <laughs> yeah, and her mom's like, no, no, you don't. She's like, we still have to sell dolls. No, you don't, Addie. <laughs> she's like, I don't want, she, she's like, I don't want you to be a hateful person. I want, like, if you're too busy hating, you don't, you can't love. And I was like, good comeback, American girl. That was, was a like, good Addie comeback. Because <laughs> Addie was straight up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's like, I hate white people. And it was like, I mean, if anyone has any right to say that, I think you it's know. the little girl who just saw her father and brother get dragged who off the plantation saw, and had to leave her sister and is now like living in a puddle with her mother as they try to try to live as human beings deserve to live. Yeah. I could see why she'd be yeah. upset. I just thought that was kind of a funny moment because I was like, oh, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, too. It was like, I hate white people. I was like, oh, Addie. Oh, uh, darling. It was wild. Oh, Addie. Um, I think that's before they run. Like, oh, is that's, it? It's, it's like after her father and brother have been sold, after she's been force fed the worms. Like, I get it. Like, she's just force fed worms. I'd be a little heated, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that first book, and they just—that's the one where they dress like boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <sighs> solid right. series. I also realized. So I guess I bought these, and also Impulse Nostalgia bought two Dear America titles. So like, I have a whole uh-huh. bunch of kids lit. I might go back and review. Dear <laughs> America should. was better quality books. Those were hardcover books. Yeah, and they had like, didn't they have like the little like folio or something on it? It had a little ribbon. Girl's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I have like such a strong sense memory of the covers of those books. They were quality and they stood out. The um, half price books in my neighborhood has a whole bunch of them. Like every oh, once really? in a while, 
that's how I found the two I have. Uh, like every once in a while, I'll go and look back. I haven't yeah, seen have a-, a half price book out here. They have something called like Book Off, but it's like more of a pawn shop than an actual bookstore. Boo. I'm going to Google half price books LA. Like, let's see if they go that far. Half price books LA. Um, I love half price books. That's where I buy all of Mariah's books. <laughs> Because she's really rough on books, and I'm not spending yeah. all money on her books. What's your zip code? Yeah. I will tell you off air. Oh, okay. Then I'll just type in Los Angeles. I can do that too. <laughs> um, please enter a city and state separate. Didn't I just? I typed in Los Angeles. Here, I'll put it. I'll give it to you. Oh, I don't think you all have any. I don't think so. Oh. Oh, yes, they do. Where? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this one. And you let me know if this is anywhere near you. I I don't know my I don't know LA uh, <laughs> ge- geography very well. No, that's Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just remember I thought I was in Berkeley. No, oh that was Pasadena. Never mind. I don't know. I can cut all this out too if you want me to. How far away? So Berkeley is maybe seven hours away from us. Oh, I was very <laughs> off. I'm going to send you this. It looks like there's only five locations in California. <laughs> um, and if you look at the bottom, there's a list of where they all are. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I thought. Well, that's okay. Texas has a whole bunch. They must be based in Texas. <laughs> they are all over the place in Texas. I want to see how far. So maybe Berkeley they're not near you. Long Beach. I'm sorry, I don't know California. No, that's funny. It's just, like, I, I was looking at it, I was like, is that really the closest one that came up? <laughs> it is seven hours and 40 minutes away from us. Oh, wow. <laughs> I could drive to Kansas City in that time. <laughs> Go to the KC Half Price book. I could. My bad. <laughs> okay, Danielle. This silliness has dragged on. No, it's fine. I think that's funny. This silliness has dragged on long enough. Um, What are you reading? Oh, what am I reading? Okay. So I've gotten back to seriously reading Wolves of the Kala by Stephen King, the fifth Dark Tower. Because, like, his books Mm. are so long, I'll pick them up and read what is an actual, like, like, 300 pages. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put them down <laughs> and then come back to them. So mm-hmm. I've come back to this one. It has like a thousand pages. And I have, I think, uh, another 800 to go. <laughs> so, Are you enjoying it? I was until... <laughs> I just need Stephen King to tell one story at a time. So the problem uh, with this book is it has a character from Salem's Lot in it. So okay. I guess the priest... I've never read Salem's Lot. Yeah. Like the priest from Salem's Lot showed up and it's like, here's what happened after Salem's Lot. And I'm like, but bro, I didn't read your story. <laughs> like, I don't like, want you to finish telling the story. <laughs> yeah. We were, there was a seven samurai situation going on. Like um, the team was coming to this town where like these crazy creatures they call the wolves come and like steal their children. And they're yeah. like, we're going to hire you. Can you gunslingers please help us? It was a straight up seven samurai situation. I was like, I am here for this. I am ready for this. And then we had to take this sidetrack with this <laughs> priest and his vampire problems. And I'm like, I don't care. So I put it back down. I see. That's okay. And then mm-hmm. I read some other books. I'm really embarrassed to admit that I read. What did you read? <laughs> these are really bad. Um, these are bad. I'm going to be judged. 
There's this whole series by Ruby Dixon. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> My coworkers know about this podcast now, so that's fun. Um, called Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> and okay. It, <laughs> I'm gonna make a case. It is the trashiest, like easily read thing ever. But it's also strangely like it's inclusive and diverse. It's okay. Very sex positive. And like extremely feminist, and it's like so unabashedly like female fantasy. Like the author, like this is what women oh, want. Wow. They want to feel empowered. And like I'm like kind of like impressed with it. Like I could write a whole like sociological essay about it. And so they're very quick to read. These covers are really something. They are. <laughs> I can't even put them on my Goodreads. I've only read two of them. Um, they are okay. something. Oh, there's a baby. Oh yes, they have like. Oh, I could tell you the whole, the whole thing. It's like these women crash land on a planet, and there's this society okay. of men. I like you to know I'm blushing the entire time, and I'm so glad people can't see my face. These tw- Earth women crash on this plant, this planet, where they come across this society of men who have like no women, and like they are dying off. And so, because of this parasite, okay. they have to get <laughs> stop saying. <laughs> because of this parasite, they have I'm to being get supported. to survive. <laughs> okay Mm -hmm. this parasite Mm -hmm. they have to get to survive they like quote unquote resonate which means they found like their perfect mate and so like when they found their perfect mate they just like want to care for them and make sure they're happy and then there's also a lot of sex but that's not even that's secondary to the rest of the stuff in my opinion because it's a wild series and i've read like two of them i see and i'm really (laughs) (laughs) i'm like the first one I read I didn't even put on Goodreads or I put it on Goodreads but I like turned off all the updates like no one knew (laughs) you you can't see I read it because I was like this is really like the covers are wild Mm -hmm. did you google it yeah look at the chat (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there are baby ones yeah hmm Oh, I can show you the worst one. Hold on. Yeah, show uh, me the worst one. Let me show you the worst one. I'm not proud. I may cut all this. I, you can't. It's, this is the best part of the episode. It's so, <laughs> it's so unabashedly trashy. Why are so many of them holiday oh. themed? I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think she just likes Christmas novellas. I think the author just likes... What are you saying? <laughs> Here, I'll show you the worst one. This is the one like I couldn't even put. Did you send it? Yeah. They really like. Well, it takes. This is the first one I read. I'm like, this I can't is you think the worst one? On. No, the one I'm sending. It hasn't uploaded. That one I think. <laughs> I literally just sent that same one to you. <laughs> we have to put that these. One. We have, we'll make sure that we tweet these out because these are wild. <laughs> these are some wild covers, Danielle. But, like, it's so, like, like it's so inclusive. Like, so the women who crash land, there's, like, a black woman. There's an Asian woman. There's a tall woman. There's a woman who's kind of chubby. And, like, they're always, always considered beautiful. And, like, it's so. I mean, it's a planet with no women. Like, and they're dying up there. <laughs> <laughs> there's one coming out with an older woman. Okay. She's, like, a black woman in her 50s. And, like, the man who finally, like, just is besotted with her. It's just so, I'm, like. I know this is crazy and I know it's like out there, but like I appreciate the author's efforts to be like, yeah, I'm going to write my 
feminist, diverse, sex-positive series that takes place on a planet. What are you going to do about it? She's like, yes, bitch, they are blue. (laughs) I'm so... (laughs) Yes, bitch, they are blue. That should be... We should tell her. We've got your tagline. Your email signature. So, Mm. yeah, I'm not... You sent me the same. One. Literally, Danielle. Literally, when you said the worst one, I thought you were talking about this other one. Like, oh, that's what I said. Ice Planet Holiday, and then I saw. I was like, oh no, I see a worse one right here. Just googling it, and I just said that. I mean, those are some rock hard abs right there. <laughs> There's 18 books in this series. Wow. Not including the little holiday novellas. I don't know how many there are with those. Just the no, actual. I like, say more books. power There's to 18 her. Eighteen of them. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's what I've been reading. Not immensely proud. And if anyone outside of this asks me, I will just deny it to your face. It's like I never. I don't know anything about that. If I see this book out in the wild, I'll get it. I don't know if it's like a digital only <laughs> thing. But. Think there are print ones. I don't think you're inclined to find them. I um got a month like so. I got Kindle Unlimited and then immediately canceled it. So I'll only have it for a month. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to like explore Kindle Unlimited. So if you have that, I don't. you have you ever had? Have you ever had it? Because if you've never had it, I think you'd get like a month. Free. I don't, I and I've let my Prime it. membership lapse. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yeah. So so they're all on Prime. They're all on Kindle Unlimited. If you, dear listener, happen to have access to that, and like at least look up the covers. The I love it. It's I'm like very curious hot- about this. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is this scene where this woman straight up gets eaten by a pterodactyl. <laughs> they don't call it a pterodactyl, but I mean, you tell me what a giant flying dinosaur is if it's not a pterodactyl. <laughs> And, like, he eats her whole and flies off. And the man, like, has a fit. And he, like, and she's, and the woman, like, stabs the pterodactyl from the inside and brings it down. It's Damn. wild. It's wild. <laughs> I mean, if I see one of these books out, out in the wild and it's for, like, $3 or less, then I'll get it. <laughs> so, yeah. I never thought I would admit that, much less on the air. That's so okay. I'm like, go for it. That's okay. You know, this no, is a safe, okay. open place for discussion about books of all types. That's what BuzzFeed said. We read everything. And we do. Uh, there we go. Yes. Including um, Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> I say you need to be proud. I'm not. So <laughs> I'm not proud. Maybe one day I'll get there and I can be the type of person who says I read this stuff. And I'm very unabashedly pro romance. Mm-hmm. You know me. Yeah. There's something about this whole series that even I just like no. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the covers. I don't know if it's the fact that they're all blue aliens. I can't put my finger on it. What makes this series different <laughs> and why I can't and why I can't admit to reading them. I so, see. Yeah. That's okay. There we go. What classy cultured thing are you reading? I'm still reading Tale of Tales. I have not been good about reading this year. And you know what? I've admitted that. When it gets a little cooler, then I'll do it. I'll I'll get back into reading. But Mm -hmm. this is just Molly's year of reading real slow. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) But yeah, I'm still reading Tale of Tales. (laughs) 
see. You're reading actual literature, so I, I mean, can't say I anything. guess they're talking about people reading. being like, you know, uh, you were ugly since the day your mother shat you out. Like that's a verbatim line from that book. So you were <laughs> eaten by a pterodactyl. No, but <laughs> there is like a donkey that poops rubies. <laughs> Yeah, you told us the surrealness. Yeah, I feel like that's still on a different level. Like, you can make a case that that's art. This is literature. Uh, well, um, so yeah, that's that's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I still am like so ashamed. It's you don't okay. Even under- I, it's okay. It's, it's all right, Danielle. Okay. This is a safe place. <laughs> I'm looking at this chat. <laughs> I'm looking at these blue babies. <laughs> uh, like it's okay. It's ice, all right. ice babies is the title. What? <laughs> so Danielle is ice, incapacitated. Ice <laughs> I am. Uh, okay. Let's talk I'll about. I'll just drink more You'll wine. You'll be okay. Just drink drink more wine until you're no longer embarrassed. <laughs> Um, so we have a question that Molly came up with and it was great. Yeah. So our question for our next episode is what questions do you have for us? Anything. We might not answer anything, but if you have a question for us, <laughs> let us know. Because oh, we uh-huh. realized we never really discussed like our own background in setting up this podcast. Uh, yes, it's setting up this pot. I feel like we've talked about our own backgrounds a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, yes. you know, there's lots of things you might have questions about, you know, reading, about us as our ongoing friendship, uh, about podcasting in general. Maybe you want to start your own podcast or, your, you know, whatever. Ask us questions. Ooh, I would love questions about podcasting. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. So... Next time we'll be talking about what questions you have for us. As always, we'll um, put it up on Twitter. But you can also um, uh, email us if you're not a Twitter person at blackchicklit.com. Instagram, we're BCL Podcast. And Twitter, of course, we're at blackchicklit. Um, We're responsive on all of those. I did delete the Twitter app because I got, like, so frustrated by it. So it might, like... (laughs) Take me a little bit longer to be responsive on there, but I know Danielle, you're you're you check that one more regularly. Yes, and I think Molly accidentally truncated our email. It's contact at black. You know what I so I said what I said. You can find the email if you go onto our <laughs> website. You can, you sure can. There's an icon at the top. So. There you go. But seriously, contact so. at blackchicklet.com. Yes. So I think that's it. Yeah. We did it. We did it. So, um, as always, make sure you um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. That helps other people, such as um, Shady Ass Buzzfeed, um, find us and critique <laughs> our drinking habits. Um, and as always, thank you to Sweet Forty Five for the use of our theme song Jones In. You can find them on SoundCloud at. Um, soundcloud.com slash sweet45 Danielle was trying to rush out of here because she's 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 reading I'm this blue man group fanfic I'm... 
But, you know, I have editorial standards here, y'all. The credits must go on. I'm done, Blue Man Group fan. Oh, my God. I'm done. I'm going to take my glasses off. I'm going to go lie down. Oh, my God. Take another nap. (laughs) Take another nap. Bye, guys. Um, I think... Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.